<clears throat> well, tonight I'm going to do something that, uh, I don't know how I'm going to phrase this, but uh, Regina and I are blessed with uh, two adult, wonderful, beautiful girls. We have two great son-in-laws, and we have two wonderful grandchildren. And for many years, I couldn't talk about this. And, but I want to share with you, I'm going to kind of peel back my heart tonight and share with you a little bit, and then I'm going to tie it into Scripture here in just a little bit. But I want to give you a little bit of testimony about something that Regina and I uh, dealt with about 10 years ago. As I said, we've got two wonderful daughters, uh, married and got careers. But about 10 years ago, one of our daughters uh, suffered depression. And it was a difficult time for us. And during all that that went on, uh, she, she just, we watched her 24 hours a day, as you do with someone with depression. And it was a lot of uh, long nights and a lot of worry and a lot of concern. And for many years after she got better, and uh, I wouldn't talk about it because it was almost like a, a scab had grown over a wound. And I didn't want to pick that scab because I felt like it might come back again. And so she's doing much better now. Like I said, she's married, has a career, and um, is doing fine. But those were difficult times for us to, to see her to suffer with that. And, of course, we went through the counseling, and we went through the um, having to put her in a place for a little bit of a period of time to get her some help. And so, you know, I, 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 it, it's, it's difficult when a parent sees their child hurting and going through those things. And many of you probably got stories. I could probably start asking for different testimonies, and each one of you could share the same thing with me, that different situations that you went through. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a, a diagnosis with the cancer or, or any other thing. You, you fill in the blank. But it's, it's difficult when we face situations that, that are very trying on us. And, and I remember when my daughter, you know, was just... As a dad, as a man, we want to fix it. We, we, we want to buy her a gift or, or take her somewhere or do, that's us. We want to try to fix it. And you can't fix it. You know, you can't buy enough gifts. You can't, you can't put enough money in it. You can't take enough places to, to, to help with that. And so I struggled with not being able to fix it. I wanted to fix it. And I remember going to work, not wanting to go to work, but going to work and feeling as if someone had beat me in the stomach with a two-by-four. I really mean it. The muscles in my stomach was hurting so bad till I, I didn't, I just couldn't, couldn't hardly function. And, and it was hard. It's really hard. So many of you may deal with all different types of situations, and, but, you, but I want you to know that I'm going to tie this into Scripture in a little bit, but God loves us, and he's seeing us through all of that. And today I look back at, at where she is now versus where she was then, and, and I just give God the praise. Because it wasn't anything that I did. But I had to be obedient and trust him. And, and as we go through the Scripture and I talk about some of the things, uh, I'm going to talk about how difficult it is to... to depend on God and, and to, to know that in His timing because it's an eternity. A day is an eternity when you're struggling through those things. And so, uh, as I said, 
she's much better now, and thank God, and, and, and married, happily married, and a good career, and so, but it's just difficult to know that when you're going through a situation, a day is an eternity when you're there, but even in the valley, God is good. I think about that song, even in the valley, God is good, but when you're in the valley, it's hard to see it. It's hard to see how good he is, but we have to trust him. Tonight, I want you to turn in your Bible to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to begin in verse 1. And I want us to be encouraged by this tonight in light of the testimony, and you may be thinking about what you're going through. You may have that fill-in-the-blank moment to say, I know the pain he's talking about because I'm experiencing blank right now. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And many of you men may remember a few weeks ago in, in, a, in a men's prayer breakfast, I shared a little bit of this. I didn't quite go as deep, deep, as deep a detail with the testimony as I did then as I did tonight. But 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to kind of read this and then unpack it as we go. We're not going to read the whole passage at one time, but we're going to read about 20-something verses. Verse 20, chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the Mobonites and the Amorites, together with some of the Minyites, came to fight against Jehoshaphat. People came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom has come to fight against you, and they are already at Hazaran Tamar, that is in Gedi. Let's stop right there. Jehoshaphat's situation was there was not one army, not two armies, but three armies were coming after him. Now, Jehoshaphat wasn't a perfect man. If you read, he, he teamed up with Ahab, and, and he, he wasn't a perfect man. But let me tell you tonight, I'm not a perfect man either. But he was a God-fearing man. He was a man of God that, that tried to do what God wanted to do, tried to implement things, tried to get people to do right. So all in all, he was a good man, but he wasn't a perfect man. He made poor decisions, poor choices. I'm with him. I do the same thing. I make poor decisions and poor choices. But he's got three armies that's coming after him. And, and, and they're coming not to, to, not to come and visit, and not to be a, a friend to him. They're coming to destroy him and his people. And so he is in fear. And it says in verse 3, Jehoshaphat was afraid. He was scared. I was afraid and I was scared when I was going through all that with my daughter. I didn't know what to do. Scared out of my mind, couldn't sleep at night. And I think about Jehoshaphat. He had three armies coming and wanted to kill him and destroy him and his people. And he was scared out of his mind. He was worried. He didn't know what to do. And it says, but then he resolved to seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah who gathered to seek the Lord. Then even, they even came from all the cities of Judah to seek him. Jehoshaphat was scared but he called for a fast. He told the people, he said, let's come together and let's fast to the Lord. So when, when he was fearful and scared to death, out of his mind, didn't know what to do, he called for a fast. I think about when my daughter was going through that and I was fasting. And to be honest, going to be honest with you, I was so distraught and so sick, I didn't want food anyway. So the fasting wasn't really a big problem for me because I wasn't, I didn't, I was, I wasn't hungry. So... But I fasted, and that's what 
Jehoshaphat did. He was scared out of his mind, and he fasted. And then let's look at the second thing he did. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the Lord's temple before the new courtyard, and he said, Lord God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in the land and have built you a sanctuary in, in it for your name and have said, If disaster comes on us, sword of judgment, pestilence, famine, we will stand before this temple and before you, for your name is in this temple. We will cry out to you because of our distress and you will hear and deliver. So the first thing he did, he called the people together and said, we're going to fast. And then the second thing he did, he said, we're going to pray. And he started praying to God and saying, God, you are the God of all things. And he references here, let's, let, I want you to look back, let's look at 2 Chronicles 6.28. This is what he was referenced to. When Solomon built the temple, this is the prayer that Solomon prayed. And so Jehoshaphat is referencing what Solomon said when he built the temple and dedicated the temple. 2 Chronicles 6.28. When there is a famine in the land, and when there is pestilence, and when there is blight or mildew, locust or grasshopper, and then look at this. When their enemies besiege them in the land and in its cities, when there is a plague or illness, every prayer petition that any person or any of, our, of your people Israel may have, they each know their own affliction and suffering as they spread out their hands toward the temple, may you hear in heaven. He said, when the people pray and stretch their hands out toward the temple, hear their prayer. So Jehoshaphat is reminding God, he's saying, God, Solomon prayed this prayer and said, if we will pray toward the temple, you will hear our prayer. Now look with me real quick down to 34 in that same chapter. When your people go out to fight against their enemies, wherever you send them, and they pray to you in the direction of this city you have chosen, and the temple that I have built for your name, may you hear their prayer and petition in heaven and uphold their cause. So Jehoshaphat's doing just what Solomon, the prayer that Solomon prayed to, to God. He is saying, God, you are the God of all things. And so he's praying his prayer toward the temple. So he's fasting, and now he's praying. Let's move on and see what else he does. Now where, now here, he's saying, Jehoshaphat said, Now here are the Amorites, the Mobanites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir. You did not let Israel invade them when Israel came out of the land of Egypt. But Israel turned away from them and did not destroy them. Look how they repay us by coming to drive us out of your possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Oh God, will you not judge them? He says, God, you had your chance to kill them and Israel went through there and you didn't kill them. Now look what they're doing. They're coming to destroy us. And he said, God, will you not judge them? He said, God, will you not help us? I remember crying out saying, God, I know you're God, but God, are you not going to fix this? God, are you not going to make her better? God, are you not going to end this? God, I'm suffering here. God, why, why aren't you doing something? And it says then, for he says, for we are powerless before this vast number. 
that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. I didn't know what to do. Regina didn't know what to do. All we knew is that we were powerless before Satan and what he was doing to our daughter. We were powerless. And we had to just humble ourselves and fast and pray and say, God, we don't know what to do. If I was to ask you tonight, have you ever been in my situation? Maybe not the same situation, but have you ever been to where you just didn't know what to do? You just don't know what to do. I mean, you're suffering, you're hurting, and you just don't know what to do. You're crying to God, and, and you, just, you just don't know what else to do. It's difficult. It's painful. You know what that's called? Waiting. The most hardest thing to do is to fast and to pray and then to wait. And sometimes that wait is a long time. Sometimes days turn into months. Months turn into years. And sometimes prayers aren't ever answered the way we think they should be answered. But waiting, waiting, waiting is so hard. That's the hardest part. I could fast. I mean, I, I wasn't hungry anyway. I was praying. I remember at night when she was asleep, I would go in and just stand over her while she's asleep and just pray and pray and say, take this away. Take it away. Waiting, waiting, and waiting. And days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. Waiting was so hard. Then in 13, all Judah was standing before the Lord with their dependents, their wives, their children, in the middle of the congregation, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jezeel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Janael, son of Matata, and a Levite, and Asher's descendants. And he said, Listen carefully, all of Judah, and your inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for this battle. This is not yours, but it's God's. You know, even in waiting, you know God's got it. You know God's got everything in His hand. But it's still hard to wait and to go through the suffering. But that's what God gave a response. And we're going to read what his response was. Uh, uh, Jehoshaphat had fasted. The people had fasted. They had prayed. Now they were waiting, waiting for a response. And God spoke through Jezeel. And he said, this is what he said, Tomorrow go down against them. You will see them coming up from the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourselves. And what does it say? Stand still. I wanted to fix it. I'm daddy. I want to fix it. Stand still? That wasn't what I wanted to do. But I didn't know what to do. I had to stand still and say, God, it's yours. It's painful, it's hurting, I'm suffering, but God, she's yours. I, I just I trust in you. So he told them to stand still and to see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. He says, tomorrow go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. Then Jehoshaphat knelt down low with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship him. Then the Levites from the sons of the Koratites and the 
And the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, shouting loudly. So God had gave them an answer. He said, get up, go down, stand still, go, go down before them. And then Jehoshaphat kneeled down. And then they were rewarded. They had fasted, they had prayed, they had waited. God had gave them an answer, and now they were about to be rewarded. In the morning they got up, this is verse 20, in the morning they got up early and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and your inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Then he consulted with the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise his splendor of his holiness. And he put the singers in front of the armed forces, and they were singing, Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. You know, if Stephen was in here, he would probably say, You see there, I tell y'all singing's important. You know, sometimes he tells us, he'll say, You know, you say you're happy in your heart, tell your face about it too. Singing is so important. And, and so he told him, he said, you go out, face your battle. This battle, God says, this battle's mine. It's not yours. Just go out, face the battle, and sing. Well, it's hard to sing when you're suffering. But sometimes we just got to sing and know that God's going to take care of it. So this, this Jehoshaphat, they go out and they're singing. And let's look at what happens in verse 22. The moment they began their shouts of praise, the Lord set an ambush against the Amorites, the Mobanites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir who came out to fight against Judah, and they were defeated. The Amorites and the Moabites turned against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and completely annihilated them. When they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy each other. And when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked for the large army, but there were only corpses lying on the ground. Nobody had escaped. Now you tell me, he said, go down and march and sing. And he put singers in front of the army. And when they got there, the battle was over. They had fought each other and, 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 and killed each other because they heard all this singing, all this noise, and they're coming in to attack. And then one army meets another, and they don't realize, and they just start killing each other. And when Jehoshaphat got there, the battle was over. There was no battle to fight. Because God had already taken care of it. You know, all too often, as a daddy, I wanted to fix it. And I was trying to figure out how I can do this. And God was saying, this battle's mine. You just got to wait. You got to be patient. And let me fix it in my time and in my way. Now, my situation turned out good. Sometimes situations don't. I wish I could stand here. I'm not naive enough to say if you fast and you pray and you wait, you're going to receive a reward. Jehoshaphat received a reward because after they were defeated, they plundered. They went through and, and for three days, they took up all the plunder that was left on those soldiers. And he was rewarded with not only the armies being defeated, but he was, him and his people were rewarded with the plunder. I was rewarded. My daughter is much better. Sometimes the situations don't happen that way. As I said, I'm not naive enough to, think, to tell you tonight that if you do A, B, C, then the equal sign will turn out good. But I'm not God. So I'm not naive, 
but I am confident that prayers will be answered. Maybe not the way I think they should be answered, or the way Steve thinks they ought to be answered, or the way Ray thinks they ought to be answered, or Doug. But God is God. He answers prayers, and sometimes the answer is no answer because he's God. He knows what's best. I'm grateful for what God did in my family. I am so grateful. And, and as I said earlier, I'm just now getting to where I can talk about it because three or four years ago, I would have got about four words into it and then it would have been done. But I'm trying to use it to minister to other people that are hurting because there are people that are hurting and going through situations exactly like mine. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's some other type of whatever. But we have to commit it to God. Fasting, prayer, and as hard as it is, wait and wait. I was talking to a woman just a few days ago and was kind of sharing a little bit about it. She said, I finally just said, either God's not hearing my prayer or he just don't care. And she said, then there was a change in him. And she said, it's getting better every day and every day. Mine didn't last 13 years. Yours may be lasting 13 years or 15 years or 20 years or whatever. But don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. He's a good God. And even if He doesn't answer the prayers the way you and I think He should, He's still a good God. He loves us. He cares for us. And even in suffering, even in the valley, God is good. The valley's tough. I'm going to say one thing. I'm finished. Y'all have seen this before too. There used to be a little thing that says, God, when I was walking, all I saw was footprints in the sand. And it was mine. Or it, my footprints in the sand. He said, those weren't yours. Those were mine. I was carrying you. And I often think about that. When I thought I was walking alone, God was carrying me through it, carrying me and Regina through it the whole time. So God will see us through it. He'll see us through it. He won't put any more on us we can bear. But there's times I sure think that it's getting pretty close and <laughs> because I felt it then too. But he's obedient. That's all I have. I'm sharing from my heart tonight, and, and I just wanted to peel it back and let you see a little bit of, of me. And I know all you have the same. You, each one of you probably have some of the same things that we could have testimonies about tonight. But don't give up on God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for these people. God, it's good to be part of this family. A family that we can just be family. God, we're all family here. And God, we can love on each other. We can share with each other. We can walk through difficult times with each other. And we can walk through happy times with each other. And God, even when we're struggling, Lord, we prop each other up. And God, I hope that's what we've done tonight, is to encourage, to prop somebody up, to encourage. And God, that through your word, God, that, that we know that fasting, prayer, and as hard as it is waiting, God, that you're, you're guiding and you're working through every situation. And God, ultimately, you're God. It's your, it's your battle. It's not ours. It, the decision's not ours. It's yours. God, 
We just ask, Lord, each situation. If there's somebody here tonight, there's probably multiple people that have things that are burden and worries with children or sickness or, Lord, whatever it is, God. I pray, God, that you'll help them, Lord, just to lean on you. And, God, to keep drawing strength from you. And even in the difficult times when it hurts so bad, the pain is so severe that, God, that you will just still small voice will let us know that you're there and that you're with us and you're carrying us through it. God, bless us through this night. Forgive us for our sins and keep us safe and help us to be a shining light to a world that needs Jesus. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank y'all.